Level podcast. Now today's a super exciting episode for me because I'm kind of fangirling over here. We're talking to somebody called Catherine who is a YouTuber and I just adore her content. Anyway, thank you so much for tuning in. We really hope you enjoy this episode. Um, Jeremy's going to intro her properly because I'm just too nervous. (laughs) Thank you for being here anyway. Thank you guys for tuning in again. Yeah, I feel you should be doing the intro. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Whatever. Uh, Thank you for being with us today in this episode. Uh, We appreciate you joining us. Um, So yeah, just, I mean, I'm going to let you introduce yourself properly, but as a quick uh, intro, uh, you are a YouTuber. Mm -hmm. That's your your, your main job. Um, You've been doing that for about three years. Uh, you posted your first uh, uh, yesterday I watched your first video I went oh, all the way back no. <laughs> all the way back <laughs> oh. um, but yeah you you talk a lot about how to grow a channel how to grow a business how to grow an audience on whatever platform so you specialize in digital marketing in a sense I'd say well marketing in yeah. general everything's digital right now anyway (laughs) (laughs) exactly Uh, yeah so yeah marketing um and uh well you're doing pretty well like you literally had like your first video hitting one million view congratulations Mm -hmm. that's amazing thank you (laughs) Um, thank you but yeah no the, the idea really is just you know like for us to get to know you a little bit more and also to see all the behind the scene you know what we don't see on the video uh yeah. see how you got there uh rosie is trying to grow a youtube channel so i'm sure she's going to be really listening and, and taking notes and <laughs> she's going to be a, a good student on youtube anyway so i don't particularly want like youtube advice i feel like that's all on there it's more about you and where you're from and how you got into it and yeah all yeah. that and inspire some people maybe you know to yeah listen to your story <laughs> yeah of so. course where are you from? Where were you born? Take us right back to the beginning. Oh, wow, the very beginning, back to 1994. <laughs> I was born in York, Pennsylvania, and that's where I lived up until college, where I went to Lycoming College, which was only like two and a half hours away. So it was still in state. I was still in Pennsylvania. From there, I moved up to Rochester, New York, and now I am in Birmingham, Alabama. So my family is all over the country. We like to move around, which is really cool to like hear your guys' story as well. That's, <laughs> that's really awesome. But a little bit more about my experience or background or what I do. So I have a YouTube channel called Catherine Manning. It first got started as the content bug because I was afraid of other people finding out that I was, I wanted to be an influencer. I wanted to be, at the time I was a blogger and then I moved into YouTube. Uh, so I didn't really know what to call it and I didn't want to call it my own name over time I ended up rebranding and now it's just myself it's just Catherine Manning but yeah I talk a lot about YouTube tips helping other people grow on the platform and I really just try to share my experience what I've learned what has worked for me and hopefully that's going to help other people to grow online as well yeah so um correct me if I'm wrong but you went to college and you did marketing right in college yeah I majored in marketing and photography Oh, photography was on. Okay, all right. Yeah. So I guess that's where you've learned all the basics, right, to get started. <laughs> well, in a sense, yes, but also no. So I graduated college in 2016, which doesn't feel like it was that long ago. Mm-hmm. But at the time, they only had one digital marketing course. 
Everything oh. else was more so like billboards or there was like oh. some like TV commercials and like stuff like that. But it was more so traditional marketing, not digital marketing. So there was only right. one class that I took that is actually now relevant to what I'm doing. Mm, interesting. Yeah. It's interesting to see that just four years ago, it, it was already... So out, yeah, it's not up to date yeah. at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> Quite interesting. Yeah. And then, so just after college, you got a job, right? You didn't start as a YouTuber straight away. Yeah, correct. I graduated college and I had a full-time job. I was working as a digital marketing consultant as first at first. And then I transitioned more so into being like the content creator for clients. So I wrote blog posts. I came up with website content and did Facebook content, all of that fun stuff. Okay. Yeah. And... When you graduated, did did you have the ambition to work for yourself at one point eventually? That was like your, your, your dream or that's something that came organically because, I don't know, circumstances? Yeah, it kind of it kind of came a bit more organically. I didn't really have a plan. I just knew that I needed a job. I needed a way to make money. So <laughs> I ended up getting a full-time job and I was very lucky in that sense that I graduated and I had a job offer that I could mm. take. But... I've said this several times on my YouTube channel. I'm just not a good employee. <laughs> and I know it. Like, I work best for myself. I know how to motivate myself. Sometimes if someone else gives me a task, like, I just, if I don't think it's important, then I'm not going to do it. And that's just who I am. I'm kind of like a, re a rebel in a sense. So I always kind of knew that I would be better working for myself, but I didn't, like, I never had a vision of, oh, I'm going to be a YouTuber. Or, oh, I'm going to start this brand or this company. I never really had that plan or even okay. like thought in my head what I was going to do. Okay. Yeah, it just came. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, so it just came. Okay. Um, and yeah, I, I had a look yesterday. Your first video was about how to use Instagram stories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good that you have that video there, though, because it's nice for people like me to look back and be like, oh, so that's where she started. And now she's killing it. So like, <laughs> I'm. it's fine that if I start where I am and then I can hopefully progress to somewhere close to that as well. So it's great that you've still got that there. Exactly. That's that's honestly the reason why I left it. And when I obviously created my YouTube channel, I, I probably got like two vi views on that video and then it worked its way up to 20. And now I think it has like 10,000 views because yeah, people yeah, do that. Yeah. People go back through and they're like, what is the first video she uploaded? So yeah, I mean, I think it's so easy to compare our chapter one to someone else's chapter 100. So like having that reference point of realizing we all start at zero, like our, all of our videos are crap at the beginning. Like you got to work your way up. I just, I think it's a good reminder. Even for you, it's interesting, like not now, but in five years time to, to look back into it and mm -hmm. just for yourself, like just to remember, Jesus, that's what I did five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's a little bit cringeworthy. I, I do. I go back to some of my older videos to reference them and the videos I'm making now. And sometimes I just like cringe. I'm like, what was I thinking? <laughs> so I know that you, um, you said in some videos that you started YouTube to kind of emphasize your blog posts. So you do a video mm -hmm. to try and help explain a point. And then you kind of thought, oh, well, I might do more videos. And then I also kind of know that you said at some point that you started YouTube as a business thinking, okay, I know that I can do YouTube and earn money, grow a following, and this can be my, you know, source of income. Yeah. What kind of switched and also how, because I know that as a like, like trying to be YouTuber, a lot of people say that you have to do YouTube as a hobby and mm -hmm. as a passion. And then if it grows into a business, then that's like, 
a benefit rather than whereas you went into it thinking no this could be my business this could be a job I'm going to treat it that way so can you talk to us a little bit about that yeah I feel like that was a really loaded question sorry I know no you're good so one the thought of start YouTube as a hobby and then it turns into a business I think you have to start YouTube because you love it I know that there are a lot of people that get started with YouTube because they're like, I can become a millionaire and I can just make money filming my life. That's not reality. Like if you don't love it, I don't really see the point. So I agree with the thought of like starting it because you love it. But like you said, I was a blogger ahead of time. So I had my blog for about a year and then I decided to dive into YouTube. And the thought there was I was creating tutorials and it was hard to specifically Instagram stories, that first video I ever shared. It was hard to demonstrate how to use Instagram stories just based off of pictures and text. Like it didn't make any sense to me. So I was like, I'm going to move into YouTube. But yeah, in the back of my head, I knew, hey, YouTubers have turned this into a full-time job. YouTube is a business. Like you can make money from it. You can grow your audience here. And my goal at the time was to obviously grow my audience online. I wanted to help other people understand the digital marketing world. Since I had worked in it, I really wanted to help bloggers is where I really started. So I helped them with SEO and just understanding blogging and websites and all of that stuff. And then once I moved into YouTube, I was still trying to help bloggers and then it transformed into now I'm helping YouTubers. But Yeah, I mean, I always, it's kind of hard because I think in some aspects, people get started with YouTube because it is a hobby and because they love it. And then once it turns into a business, they're not really sure what to do and how to adjust. And that's like one of the avenues I'm trying to dive down with my own business or within my own channel is, hey, diversify your income. Like you can turn this into a full-time job. You can build out your company. You can build out your team. You can create paid products. Like you can have a larger impact with just your YouTube channel than, hey, I'm just creating videos for fun type of thing. So I don't know. I feel like that was a really loaded question and I'm not sure if I answered it in the right way. But (laughs) Yeah, I I don't watch that much YouTube, so I have less experience than you two but i can totally see that i feel well first thing is that it's getting there but it's not normal yet to to see youtube as a career like for a generation it's okay for the older generation it's still what the fuck are you doing (laughs) so so i can see that it's obviously like some issue like with parents and everything like it's, it's not easy as a young adult to want to get into this thing when you have your family not supporting you mm-hmm. um, so i guess it's easier to say yeah i'm just making video for fun and 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 that's how people start because they don't see it as a career because they don't yeah. have the support that's needed to actually get started because it takes a lot of time i mean i can see her how long yeah. she's spending like mm. like doing a video is not just hey welcome to my youtube channel path posted done like <laughs> it's a lot what, of work like, yeah like how, how it's no it's interesting how much would you say you spend like on one video in average like a 10 15 minutes video how long in total does it take to prepare it film it edit it and post it total uh so i'm working on a youtube video right now and this one video is probably going to take me over 16 hours Um, But that's also filming. I do typically two days worth of filming and then editing can take me two or three days. So compared to one of my vlog videos where it's like I'm just filming randomly, I pick up the camera. I mean, there's a strategy and a plan behind it. But 
I have one day of filming and then it can take me only four hours to edit. But the videos that go live on my channel, they typically take eight plus hours to edit. Yeah, so that's it's, it's a bit more than just a hobby when you have to spend three yeah. or four hours doing one video. You gotta love it, like you said, because if you mm -hmm. don't love it, you're gonna give up after two weeks probably. <laughs> oh, one hundred percent, and that's you, you'll never last. Yeah, that's the thing. So people see, obviously, I mean, even on my channel, you can see how much money I'm making from YouTube. So people see, oh, YouTubers, like you can make good money and you're just creating videos in quotes. Like <laughs> there's a lot more to them to creating videos. But if you don't have the drive and the passion, you are going to quit before you get to the point of even being monetized or before you get to the point of actually being able to turn it into a business. So I think you have to love it because a lot of people see my channel now and they're like, wow, you're doing amazing. That's so awesome. I want to be like you. And it's like, yes, but you didn't see the two plus years of me struggling my butt off to make money, building up credit card debt so that I could now get to this point where I am today. Like mm. it's a hustle and it's definitely a labor of love. <laughs> yeah. It's the overnight success. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's no such thing as an overnight yeah. success. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's an overnight success that took 10 years or two years or three years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's a yeah. the case. I feel also like you said you started as a blog and now you're doing YouTube. But in a sense, you just follow the trend. Like blog, five, 10 years ago, blog was a thing. Like you were yeah. a blogger. YouTube was not a thing yet. And then the, the content and everything is switching to video slowly. So you just adjusted and mm -hmm. to the need of what the audience more than anything, I guess. Yeah, definitely. And I think the same thing is like with podcasts, even a couple years ago, I feel like no one was talking about podcasts and now podcasts are so huge. Like you have to learn to adapt and keep adjusting as you go. Yeah. Just, just like a voice is going to get bigger and bigger in the next few years. Cause we can see, um, what is it? Alexa with Amazon and yeah. Google Nest thing. Like in, in, I can imagine that in five years, everyone is going to have a, a What's the name of these things? Uh, <laughs> I don't know, audio. Yeah, the speaker stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, everyone is going to have that. And it's actually easy. Like, we have one. We never use it, honestly. But you can just say, like, hey, Google, like, can you play the last episode of blah, blah, blah? Because she'll and, start playing no, it. No, it's, it's fine. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's super easy. You don't have to look on your phone or type anything. It makes yeah. life easier. And, and if you have the Amazon one, just say, like, hey, Amazon, can you add this into my cart? That's it. Mm -hmm. Done. Oh, so it's insane. I mean, my my house is fully smart homed. I think we have seven of them. Like we've yeah. got one in basically every single room. So, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So yeah. It's it's gonna be interesting to see how the content and how content creation is gonna be evolving actually mm -hmm. in the next few years and how people are gonna adapt to create content specialized for that kind of equipment. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely. To see that. Okay. So I have a question. How do you? deal with the pressure of being self-employed okay what do you mean by that well in terms of like I know that so I looked back on your Instagram recently and you posted a picture I think of you like crying in a car and you were saying I had to take some time <laughs> off because it was just like the pressure was too much and I don't know just you were saying that like if you don't create videos your business doesn't run because you're the only yeah. person behind it so that's a mm -hmm. lot of pressure to kind of have on yourself as like I need to work because otherwise nothing gets done. And I, I yeah. feel the same pressure with myself as well. So that's kind of why I'm asking in terms of Yeah, that. yeah. I wasn't sure if you meant like in terms of the money because like if I don't, it's, there's no secured paycheck. Like it's not like I'm getting paid every other week. So I wasn't sure if you were going down that element of it. But just in general, when I was first getting started, I mean, my first few years, especially when I wasn't making that much money, 
the stress that I put on myself was really, really hard because you can't just take a vacation. You can't just say, okay, I'm going to take a whole week off work and my work is still going to be there. No, like the world keeps going. You have to keep going. So I've learned over time how to, how to better kind of deal with that in a sense. Like if I actually want to take a vacation, I have to prep all my content ahead of time. And then I have to realize, okay, I either have to keep up with my emails or I'm going to get back and I'm going to have a hundred plus emails. Like (laughs) you just kind of need to learn. But the, the hardest thing I think is the income. It's not having a guaranteed paycheck. And if I don't create YouTube videos, yes, my YouTube channel's at the point where it's gonna get views naturally. Like I've got my SEO set up and like the algorithm really likes my videos. Like I'm still getting views and stuff, so I'll still get paid. But if I'm not creating content, there could be a point where YouTube stops recommending my videos and I'm not getting paid. So there definitely, there's definitely stress when it comes to like that side of things. If I'm not working, nothing's happening for my business yeah and before you started to get monetized on youtube uh were you making money through blogging and and consulting stuff like that yeah so i started making money by selling my services so i was a freelancer i called myself like a part-time freelancer full-time blogger but i was really like (laughs) part-time freelancer (laughs) part-time blogger uh but yeah so i sold my services and i did seo work for people's websites i did consultations like you said so for pinterest seo just blog growth in general i became a coach and then i became a pinterest manager and i was just trying to find ways to make money so that i had time to grow my brand. My vision was always to be able to work on my brand full time and be able to just spend all of my time creating content. That's what I love the most. So I just wanted to dive all into that. But I I needed to make money to get there. Like I needed a source of income. (laughs) Yeah. So behind the scenes, I had my affiliate marketing set up. So I was making like a couple hundred bucks from that, but it wasn't enough to sustain myself. I did have ads on my website, but I didn't have enough traffic on my website to join one of the nicer ad networks out there. So I was just a part of Google AdSense and I was making like 20 bucks every month. So yeah, it was really freelancing at the beginning. And then also my paid products was a big a big mm. income source for me. Okay. Yeah, and then it switches naturally and, and you grow and yeah. you're able to focus on what you love and what you do now. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely because of, I mean, it was 100% because of YouTube that I was able to end up stop freelance work and go into actually doing this full-time by myself. It was that ads revenue as well as like other income streams that just boosted because of my YouTube channel. Do you remember how long it took you to make your first dollar on YouTube? Um, I think it was only like a day. No, but I mean, the, b- between your oh. first video oh my gosh. And, okay. and the day you made $1. How, how oh, yeah. That was like a year and a half plus. Because right. I got started in October of 2017. I didn't get monetized until July of 2019. Hmm. Yeah. So while we're talking about money, I yeah. love the fact that you talk about stats and income on your channel. Was that terrifying to say I earn X amount of money per month? Or was that kind of... Yeah, it's... Because people don't talk about money, do they? Yeah, it's such a taboo. No, it's such a taboo subject. And I mean, I don't think it should be. Honestly, like, I think... So I went to college for business. But when I started my own business, I didn't understand taxes. Like, I feel like something like that should be talked... No one does. Yeah, like... (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that just should be talked about more. So... 
At first, I was terrified. It's funny, it goes in waves. At first, I was terrified to share how much money I was making because I was afraid people were going to be like, oh my gosh, she's not making that much money because at the beginning, I wasn't. But you can go on Pinterest and you can see how much money other bloggers are making. And when they're making like $100,000 a month compared to someone that's making $3,000 a month, like I thought people were going to look down on me. So the first video I ever created that was a full month income report was actually just in November of last year. So it that seems like it's actually been a while now because we're already in August, <laughs> but it doesn't at the same time feel like it was that long ago. But I started to become a bit more confident because I felt like I was making, I was making decent money, enough money that it was like, okay, other people could see it and it could be practical for them too. And that's what really was my goal was to help motivate other people or help other people realize, hey, I can actually turn this into a full-time job. And I got started with my whole brand because I was miserable. I was unhappy. I wanted to be a photographer and I had people tell me I couldn't be a photographer. I'd be living on the street. I'd be broke. And I was just really unhappy. And then once I found something that I loved, I was like, wait, I can turn this into a career. And now I have, I like love my job so much. Like I want to help other people do the same thing. So once I started to share my income, I wanted it to be educational for people to realize different ways that they could make money on YouTube or just online. But I also wanted to help motivate people because like I said, some people get started with YouTube because they think they're going to make millions compared to other people get started with YouTube because they honestly love it. Like they have a passion for it. So I wanted to help those people that had a passion. But yeah, sharing all that totally inspired me because seeing, I feel like a lot of people do videos where it's like, oh, I made my first $100 or here's my first paycheck. And then they never talk about when you're earning 20 grand a month or 50 grand a month or like how much you earn per video or how much you can earn based on how many subscribers you have and this CPM and all the rest of it. So it's really great that you are so open about that and share it because it makes me think, oh, crap, I could maybe get there or, you know, other people can. So. Thank you for doing that from all of us who watch you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think, I mean, I always love those videos myself. Like whenever I see people that have a million subscribers and they're sharing how much money they're making, I'm like, holy crap, they turned it into a business. But there's also a downside to that because I think it's kind of hard. I don't know. I'm 26 years old and I'm making over 25 grand a month. But what people don't see is all of my business expenses, like how much money has gone into just my equipment yeah, it's not a and stuff. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, get that. <laughs> yeah. And like, that's not even including like my taxes, what I have to pay for taxes. That's not including like the donations that I make and other things. So I think sometimes people see that money, that dollar sign and they're like, whoa. But in reality, like there's a lot more that goes into it. And I think, I don't know, I think that's the whole topic of money being a little bit too taboo. Like we need to talk about it more so yeah um you said that when at the beginning when you wanted to get into photography you had people telling you that's not a job you're going to be living in the street Mm -hmm. what did what those people say when you said okay i'm gonna be a youtuber instead (laughs) (laughs) that's why i started as the content bug because i was afraid of anyone Like, I was afraid of what other people were going to say. And I didn't want what other people thought of it to deter me away from doing something that I wanted to do. And I think that was so important for me. But I will say, so I created that video sharing how much money I'm making now with, like, 200,000 subscribers. I don't think my dad ever saw what I'm doing as a real business until he saw that video. And he was like, 
wow. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think, I don't know, there's this quote I've heard before that's like, no one will believe in you until you make your dreams become a reality. And then people will believe in you. So I just, at the end of the day, like I had to believe so much in myself that when other people came at me and were like, that's not a real job. I was just like, okay, like watch me do it. It's interesting, right? Because when you need support, it's actually when you get started and when it's hard. And that's when usually people just tear you down. And once you made it, once it become easier, that's when people are like, well done. Like, here, I've been with you. I knew you would do it. (laughs) Like, <laughs> it's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting you said about those starting as the content bug rather than Catherine Manning because I posted my first video five years ago. It got like 400 views overnight. I freaked out, deleted the video and didn't do YouTube again for like three years. I was like, oh my God, that, what the fuck is going on? She didn't even tell me. I didn't know <laughs> I about didn't that. I didn't tell Jeremy because I was so ashamed. Like, not, I don't know, like shy and ashamed. I was like, oh my God, who are these people watching me? This is so crazy. What's everyone going to think? What's like Jeremy going to think? What my friend's going to think? So I deleted it. Oh my god! Didn't gosh. do it again for years. And then now it's only taken me, well, I kind of started posting regularly in January, but it still takes me time to like tell people like, hey, I kind of, I do a bit of YouTube. Like I'm not yeah. making money off it or anything, but I'm still kind of like shy to tell people that's something that I do in my spare time. It's yeah. weird, isn't it? That yeah. like, you, so, like you put the pressure of what other people think of you on yourself without even like, they don't even care what you're doing. They're probably too busy focusing on themselves. But yeah, no, I, I'm the exact same way. And even with the size my channels at today, there's still some people that ask me, oh, what do you do? And I just say digital marketing and I just don't dive into it. But I think, you see, it all depends on who I'm talking to. If it's mm. someone that I think like is more so in a younger generation or would understand YouTube as a career, I would say, oh, I'm a YouTuber. And then they usually say, oh my gosh, what? Like you can do a full time, like all that stuff. And they think it's so cool compared to if I get to like my parents' generation, a lot of people don't understand. So it's like you do YouTube. Okay. But how do you make money? Like you're creating content for free. How do you make money? And that's like the question I get all the time. It's like, okay, that's cool, but that's not a job. So it all depends who I'm talking to if I say I'm actually a YouTuber, because yeah, there's that kind of, I don't know, there's like a weird look sometimes that yeah. YouTube isn't actually a job. Yeah. yeah. thing is like when, I'm just literally like thinking at the same time I'm talking, but like, <laughs> um, in a sense, YouTube is just a platform where you share your, your knowledge. And mm-hmm. right now it's YouTube because that's the place to be because it makes sense to be on this platform because it's paying because there is an audience uh but if tomorrow youtube disappear something else is going to be coming you still have all this knowledge and and you will be able to share your content somewhere else mm-hmm. so in a sense yeah like you are a digital marketing expert and you help people growing their own business mm-hmm. and youtube is the channel that you use to spread the word yeah um, but yeah, yeah, like after it's just label, but when we say like YouTuber or Instagrammer yeah, like or influencer, creator. content creator, yeah. but yeah, YouTube is just a channel. It one hundred percent. Right now, is. this is the one that works well, but who knows in five years? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's one of the things. I mean, I preach about diversifying your income. We don't control YouTube. We don't know if one day they're going to be like, up, oh, no, like creators no longer get AdSense revenue. Like you don't control it. So you have to use YouTube as a platform and not just your whole career. Like you can't rely wholeheartedly on just YouTube. 
are you thinking about getting back to two videos a week? <laughs> because I know you stopped and I missed the content. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, no. No? No, and it's so funny. Before, like when I was uploading videos one every three days, I was like, I don't know why other YouTubers only upload one video a week. I'm like, it's so easy to push out this content, no big deal. And then I had to pull back and say, okay, no, I need two days to upload. Stuck to that for a while. And then I never, ever thought that I was going to be a YouTuber that uploaded one video a week. I was like, (laughs) I want to spend all of my time creating videos. Like, I will never be that person. And then I did it. And now I love it. Because I can spend more time creating my videos and I think that my videos are, they're becoming more thought through as well as more detailed. Like the one I'm going to launch next week, the amount of time I'm spending editing it, (laughs) it's a lot of work. But also I created a vlog channel and I'm trying, in reality, I went from uploading two videos a week to now three videos a week because I'm doing one video on my main channel and then two videos on my vlog channel. And that's kind of given me a break. Like it's a, it's not as much pressure on that channel. I just get to share my life. The videos don't have to be as thought through. They don't have to be as crazy edited. And I don't know, it's a bit of a smaller community and it's a lot more relaxed. So Mm. I'm really liking the vlog channel and I'm kind of hoping that that will end up growing over time. And I don't know what's going to happen to my Catherine Manning channel, but yeah, I don't think I'm moving back to two uploads a week. <laughs> yeah, it's because at the moment I'm like, I need to do three videos a week because I need to stay consistent and like push out lots of content. But yeah. it gets to like, by the time you've filmed it and edited it and put it online and done all the tags and everything, it's then time to film the next one and the next one and the next one. And I don't have time to actually spend enough time filming and enough time editing to make sure it's yeah. an actual decent video that someone's actually going to watch. Yeah. I had this conversation yesterday yeah. saying that I need to like slow down and maybe do two videos a week. And I'm like, no, I need to carry on with three. I need to keep going, keep going. It's like, I don't know. Yeah, I need to maybe listen to some of your advice and like. <laughs> yeah, pull back a little. Just like better, qual- like better quality. I think is better than just quantity. So. Yeah, yeah, and content for the sake for the sake of doing content is not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I would I would never recommend someone do three videos a week. I think you're stretching yourself a little bit too thin for them to be like high yeah. quality videos for you to actually think through and like focus on the editing and what you're filming and stuff I would I typically recommend two videos a week and then if you can't do two videos a week then one video a week but now I'm a one video a week person so (laughs) because I feel like sometimes with three videos as well it's like oh my brain is completely gone no, that's gone. It's been a while. That we happens. haven't done that for a long that time. Sometimes. Yeah, there's been a few episodes she hasn't done that. Cool. <laughs> I do that all the time. You start a sentence and then you're just like, where was that going? Go. Yeah, just yeah, but you're on YouTube. You can cut it off and I say, well, I'm going to keep it this way. So. <laughs> that's fine. Everyone knows that I'm the crier and I'm also the one that forgets my sentences midway through. So. It is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let me focus again. <laughs> Um, what what else do you do about YouTube? Uh, like YouTube is taking, I mean, not in terms of hobby, like in terms of your 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 work. Uh, do you focus hundred percent of your energy on YouTube, or do you have other? Because you have multiple streams of incomes, mm-hmm. but are they all coming in a sense from YouTube? From a sense. So I also have my Instagram account, which my audience isn't as large on Instagram, but Instagram does drive 
a ton of my paid product sales. So mm-hmm. Instagram obviously doesn't have ads revenue and affiliate marketing. I, don't, I honestly, I don't link to that much stuff just because I don't really, I don't know. I think a lot of bloggers will do a lot of swipe up links in their Instagram stories and a lot of bloggers rely on affiliate marketing, but I just... I don't know. Sometimes it's too much energy and effort and I just like to use Instagram to connect with my audience. So Instagram drives a a lot of paid product sales for me. But yeah, YouTube is my main platform in terms of my revenue. And one of the reasons why I wanted to step back from my uploads was so that I could spend more time on my paid products and building out other elements of my business because YouTube is just a platform. It's not a career. And I wanted to make sure that I wasn't throwing all of my eggs in one basket. But as it turns out, then I started a vlog channel. So now I feel like I'm still spending 100% of my time on YouTube. So <laughs> it happened. Just just to clarify uh, for people listening, uh, what, what kind of product do you sell? Oh, sorry. Yeah. So I've got, as of right now, only digital products. I'm looking to move into the physical product space, but I sell. So I've got like workbooks. I've got an ebook and those are to help you to grow on YouTube, grow your brand. And then my ebook especially is mainly focused on blogging. So it's like a full guide to growing your blog. Uh, but then I also have Lightroom presets to edit your photos on Instagram, as well as your YouTube thumbnails. And I used to have courses and stuff, but I ended up removing those and I'm moving away from the courses side of things. Interesting. Why? Honestly, I didn't love it. Okay. Yeah. The thing is that you provide so much value on YouTube for free. Mm-hmm. That I guess it might be hard to sell kind of the same content. Yeah. I mean, so I, I believe that people buy courses and stuff because they want a streamlined process. If someone wants to take it seriously, like someone could watch all of my YouTube videos and it's going to take them a heck of a lot of time compared to if I created a course, it would be like, here's step by step. What just happened there? Did you see that? <laughs> here's step by step everything you need to do. Uh, so I think people buy courses because they want that streamline. They want that faster approach to wherever they're trying to get. And I get the question all the time, like, why don't you come up with a course? Why don't you come up with another ebook and all that stuff? And I really like writing and I'll probably come out with another ebook in the future, but courses I just didn't love and you have to keep up with them. That's the other problem. So digital platforms are always changing. So before I was creating courses on blogging and Pinterest and all that stuff and SEO, like the Google algorithm changes all the time. Pinterest came out with a new face lift and they're always changing and then you have to go back through and you have to recreate the content for the course and it's just it's a lot of work and I didn't I didn't love it I didn't find a passion there so I would rather create videos on YouTube that people can access for free and just kind of focus on that and then my other paid products as well I like that you focus on just what you like to yeah <laughs> and well, you don't get lost in things just because chasing money yeah, because yes. I, I feel like everyone is doing online classes right now. That's like the thing. Everyone is trying to sell one. Yeah. Uh, but I like that you don't do it just because you don't like it. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I mean, funny enough, that's a comment I've gotten before is like, you can really scale your income if you come up with courses. And it's like, I didn't, I didn't start my brand just to scale my income. Like I didn't start this because I wanted to become a millionaire. I started this because I wanted to be happy. And if I did something that wasn't making me happy, then what the heck is the point? So it's like, yeah, courses can be profitable for me, but it's just like, I just don't want to do it. And I would rather create products that I feel like aren't out there. Like I've got a product that's the blow it up blueprint that helps you do an evaluation of where you're at right now, what you need to focus on in the future, and then actually create a plan to do it, to actually achieve your goals and your dreams. And 
that's not a product that I felt like was out there. So I wanted to create something that not only like I use the system and then I was like, wait, my audience could actually use this too. But I want to create something that other people haven't created. There's a ton of courses out there about how to grow on YouTube. If you want one of those courses, go support someone else. Yeah. <laughs> like I will happily guide you guys in that direction. But yeah, it's just, it's preference for me. What do you think is the future of YouTube? And this is a bit of like a open question. <laughs> yeah, I don't, it's tough. I don't think YouTube is going anywhere. You know, there's some social media platforms that pop up such as like TikTok, for example, or like Vine happen musically. I think there's some that pop up and then they die off. I don't think YouTube is dying off anytime soon, but I think YouTube is more so moving in the route of taking TV and like how many people actually have cable tv yeah i feel like I not that many TV. i watch netflix and youtube like. yeah yeah so i don't know i even my youtube videos are starting to get longer and longer and i try to make my videos around 15 minutes but there's some that are more so like 27 minutes and they're longer but people are choosing to watch youtube videos instead of a tv episode so if a tv episode is typically around 30 minutes you can usually get away with a video that's long that long because people will actually watch it so i think that's more so the direction youtube is going i think youtube has become it went through a phase of like really real content to like super clickbaity fake staged just like yeah. in my opinion not great content and now it's more so moving back to real content where people just want to watch vlogs like people just want to see your day in the life like they don't want the highly edited they don't want the scripted videos so i think youtube is more so going to move in that direction of real authentic content which is something i i love i'm really excited about it yeah i'm the same you you look you seem really natural on youtube like you seem to be who you are you don't act you don't pretend which i feel like some people you know kind of create this virtual life on instagram or youtube or whatever mm -hmm. but like you like if you if you're sad you're sad if you want to cry you cry if you that must be it's amazing but also it's really hard to be authentic and vulnerable in front of a camera knowing that i don't know how many thousands of people are watching right mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so hmm. <laughs> when I first got started on YouTube, obviously, you can go back and watch those videos. It was very, very hard for me. And I'll even I'll watch those videos today. And I'm like, who was I trying to be? Because either I was trying to be perfect, or I was trying to be really bubbly and outgoing and like goofy. And like, it just like, wasn't actually who I was. And I think the more you get used to your camera, the more like you can't fake it. I think it's also kind of the same thing in a relationship. It's like you can only fake it for so long, but someone's going to find out who you truly are or like you're going to have to like be yourself at some point in time. So I think the same thing is with YouTube. I've been doing it for three years now. Like I just like I have to be myself and I if people accept that, that's great. If people don't like I'd rather you hate me for me actually being me. But in terms of being authentic and crying on camera and all of that stuff, that's not always easy. <laughs> that opens you up to a lot of, I don't, I don't even know if it's criticism, but just like a lot of comments, I guess, or opinions. That's, that's more so yeah. better. Um, and just being online in general, people are going to give their opinions and that's a part of this that you have to accept. But 
yeah, I try to be authentic and I try to share, hey, my life's not perfect. Like, I'm really struggling today. I'm really sad. I'm really stressed, whatever it is, because I think it's so easy to get on Instagram or get on YouTube and you're like, wow, this person's life is awesome. It's perfect. Like, they have the perfect husband and kid and dog or whatever it is. And that's just not reality. And I think we need more reality. Mm. So... I try to be as authentic as possible and I try to share not only the good stuff, but the bad stuff, but hand in hand with that, I think it's hard for some people to understand that I only share 20 minutes of my life a week. Mm. There's a lot that you don't see and there's a lot that you don't know. And it's so easy to judge someone just based off of what they're sharing when like there's a huge part of my life that I don't share. So I think it's like a tough, it's a really tough balance, honestly. I think part of it that I like about your content as well is that you'll happily go on camera with no makeup on, your hair up in a bun, you've got your yeah, jogging bottoms on <laughs> and like your hoodie on and you're just like, just being yourself, which I still struggle a little bit with that. I'm still trying to like put on that front of being a YouTuber and being like a, a someone rather than just being like, okay, I'm just chilling on my couch chatting to you about whatever I'm talking about. So I think it's great to see people like you that have a huge following doing things like that and just being real Yeah, because it makes everyone else think oh right well she can do it and still do well you don't have to be this like perfect like perfect figure and perfect body and perfect face and perfect everything to be able to make it on YouTube which I think is a lot of the time sometimes kind of what's pushed forward is like the beauty standards and the like just perfect life thing so we see on TV as well and everything so 1000% when I first got started with YouTube actually there were when I first got started with YouTube this is me Like, I I wear makeup maybe twice a week. Like, I just don't love to wear a lot of makeup. I was actually raised by my mom who didn't wear a ton of makeup, and she just basically instilled in us, like, you're beautiful as you are. You don't need it. So my sister and I, we both didn't wear makeup until we got to college, which is not normal, especially for a lot of kids these days. Like, that's not normal. So when I first got started with YouTube, I was like, oh, I'm just going to show up as me. Like, I don't need to wear makeup, do whatever. And then I started to become a little bit aware (laughs) or self-conscious about like the fact Mm -hmm. that everyone else was wearing makeup. So there was a phase where for every single one of my YouTube videos, I was wearing foundation. Like I was doing the whole entire thing and that's just not who I am. So for a while I did that. Like I did the whole thing of, oh, I need to be perfect. I need to have my makeup done because everyone I watched had a full face of makeup on. And I was like, why, like, why do I think I need to fake it? You know, that's kind of what it came down to. I was like, why am I putting on this front for, to be honest, people I don't even know. So now I'm definitely much more confident in just being like, this is who I am. Like, I wear my hair up most days. I wear crew neck sweatshirts. Like, it's just who I am. It's what I like. But yeah, it's definitely an adjustment. And I think I I would assume that a lot of people go through that exact same phase of wanting to be perfect whether it be your makeup or like what you're saying in the video because I did that too where I would re-record the same scene over and over and over (laughs) again until it was perfect I have that issue especially with my skin because I have quite well I had had have kind of acne Mm -hmm. so I have a lot of redness and scarring and I remember I was like no one's gonna want to watch a video of my disgusting face and I need to cover it with foundation and then now I'm like no actually I need to be one of those people that's not wearing makeup even though my skin isn't perfect Mm -hmm. just so that young girls see that I'm on YouTube and I'm happily talking about whatever I'm talking about and it doesn't matter that my skin isn't flawless so 
1000 to have an ally with this like yeah <laughs> and the other thing is you can connect to more people when you're real than when you're fake you know, because you can connect with all those other girls that are struggling with the exact same thing and be like, oh, my gosh, like it's it's almost normalizing it because yeah. we look at magazines, we watch TV, all that stuff. And it's like this just picture perfect, gorgeous girl with this body that's like not like not everyone's body looks that way. Not everyone's yeah. face looks that way. So I don't know. I think that goes back to also being authentic, crying on camera, like letting other people know not every day has to be perfect. Like. Yeah. my life is not all just like rainbows butterflies sunshine like there's bad days too so yeah i think it's more important to just show up as you are but that's easier said than done <laughs> it can be hard if you're having a bad day to just yes. be like here i am world like yeah yeah did you feel um okay i turn this one <laughs> uh no like when when you when you started you well, you had the pressure to, I say, to make money, to mm-hmm. to have a job, and created your job. So you, you you had the pressure of being self-employed, just like all the other entrepreneur right here. Yeah. Um. But you also have to deal with the judgment of other, what people think about me, all the hate that you receive. Because I guess it's fifty-fifty, right? I mean, you receive as much love as hate. Like you can't satisfy everyone, mm-hmm. so. That's something, you know, like, I don't know, if you walk into, if you're in a restaurant or whatever, you're going to have less people hating you than if you have your face every single day on the screen (laughs) saying what you think and stuff like that. You're really putting yourself forward. Um, How long did it take you to get used to that? Or actually, did you get used to it (laughs) at all? (laughs) That's such a good question. So a certain hate messages... I wouldn't, I don't know. So everyone is different. So there's some messages that are just more so constructive criticism saying, hey, I get a lot of comments saying you talk too fast. Naturally, I talk very fast. I understand that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But something like that, I I don't like, it's something I can take into consideration. I can try to correct. But if it's just who I am, I can't really change that compared to some other people just being nasty to be nasty. And you need to be able to kind of decipher through who is just being mean and who is actually trying to help you or like give something that's actually constructive. So when it comes to just like the mean, nasty comments, I have to remind myself that it actually has nothing to do with me. Like hurt people hurt people. There's something going on in their life that they think it's okay to say that online and it's just it's honestly really sad to the point that the internet has gotten because I think people are very bold to a point people will create fake accounts won't follow anyone like but they'll send you really really nasty things but to think that we can talk to other people in that way breaks my heart and it's it's really sad so I don't I think in a sense I've gotten used to it, but there are definitely some days and some weeks where it's like, okay, I can't check my DMs. Like I just, I'm not going in my DMs at all because I just know that people are going to be nasty. And I like, I don't, I'm not strong enough in myself this week or this day to Mm. read that and not let it affect me. Mm. So sometimes I choose to just turn a blind eye and I say, okay, I need to keep creating content because I love creating content. And I know there's people out there that love me and that love what I do. And, like, no matter what, people are going to 
be mean. I don't know. I heard this quote a long time ago that said, if people don't either love what you're doing or hate what you're doing, you're not doing all that much. And I know that that's, that can be really, really harsh to hear. But if you want to make a bigger impact, I think that's a good quote. But when I received actually my first dislike on a YouTube video, I celebrated. I was so happy because I was like, if I'm creating content that's at least causing a reaction for someone to actually click dislike, then I'm doing something here. So, (laughs) yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, because if no one cares, in a sense, that means you're not doing, you're not doing any. Or at least you're not like, yeah, there's no impact. That's the, yeah. That's the thing. Because for a while, I was doing something that no one else cared about. Like, I was I was doing something for a very long time that wasn't getting any traction, that wasn't getting really love or hate. But, yeah, I think if you want to have a bigger impact, that's something to remember. But also have it be understood that hate is normal. Like, not everyone's going to like you. You can't <laughs> win here. So, like, just don't be a people pleaser at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> What would you say your biggest piece of advice is for people who want to start YouTube who haven't yet or people that have like a really small following and don't see it growing or, you know, those type of people? So before you get started with YouTube, uh, don't ask for other people's opinions. Just do it. So I've, of course, when I was trying to figure out how to grow on YouTube, like I didn't know the YouTube algorithm. I I didn't know how to grow on YouTube. So just like everyone else, I was searching YouTube, how to grow YouTube tips, YouTube SEO, all that stuff. And I would watch other creators that would recommend sending your videos to friends or sending your videos to family and having them watch your videos because at least views were better than no views. But in my opinion, and this, this was just maybe who I am. I worry a lot about what other people think. And I think a lot of other people do too. So when you're sending videos to people that you truly care about and you care about their opinions, if they don't like the video or maybe they don't even watch the video, I think it's actually causing more harm than good. So don't worry about other people think, just do it. The other thing is, if you're already on YouTube and you're like, I'm not growing Every single day you're checking your stats. I say this all the time. Stop checking your stats. <laughs> the time that you're spending checking your analytics, you could be spending learning about the YouTube algorithm, learning about SEO, doing your keyword research, actually creating your YouTube videos. You just checking your analytics is you procrastinating and wasting time. So if you really want to grow, put some action behind that mindset and do something that's more valuable. Okay, I needed to hear that because <laughs> I check my stats every morning. <laughs> yeah. Oh, trust me. I've been there too. I had to take a whole month off of checking my analytics because every single day I would spend like an hour just looking over everything and it was a waste of my time. Yeah. And also, I guess it's it, it can have a really positive impact, but also negative. Like, because if you see the growth, it's like, oh, that's cool. You know, I'm, it's nice to see the result of your work. Mm-hmm. It's It's helping. It's motivating. But also you start to like, oh, last month was better than this month. What have I done better? Oh, yeah. uh, this video is not doing well. Shit, I spend so much time on it. Oh, and, and then you get stuck into this cycle of like... Yeah. Analyzing what you're yeah. doing rather than just doing it. Overanalyzing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. I think it's important. And whenever I share that, people are like, what? Like, you're such an analytic person. You share analytic reports. And it's like, yes, like, I love analytics. I do. But... I think there's a way of using analytics to your advantage compared to almost like abusing them and using them as an excuse. So 
you're checking your analytics every morning. I'm not growing. I'm not growing. What's going wrong here? It's like, well, maybe focus your energy on actually creating a better video or what is one thing within your last video that you think you could actually do better in your next video. So I think you still need to check your analytics to a point. You need to understand what videos are popping off, what keywords you're ranking for, if the algorithm's actually working for you, or even, I mean, I think spend more time in your comments, figure out what your audience actually likes, if they have any questions, what videos can you create out of those questions? Like, I think there's a way of using the platform to your advantage and not just abusing it and checking it every day and losing your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I need to learn from that. We're gonna stop. We're gonna stop the breakfast reporting, right? Maybe. <laughs> Every morning I'm like, yes, I got two subscribers, and this video got this many views, and Joe's like, okay. Next day, oh, it's got this. Many views. Yeah, I don't care, Rosie. No, I don't, like, come on, everyone does it. I'm sure. Yeah. Every oh, for sure. Everyone does it. It's not. For <laughs> sure. The other thing is. So like you said, I do um, the same with the podcast. I oh, check sure. it every other day. I- <laughs> yeah. So you said like you get excited when you got like two new subscribers. So yeah. one question I get is like, how do you deal when people dislike your videos or when people unsubscribe? You can't put your happiness in those numbers. Like, and I know it's so exciting. You're like, yes, I got two more people. It's freaking awesome. But it, like at the same time, are you then going to be really, really sad if you lose someone type yeah. thing? So it's, it's hard. Analytics. I mean, it's a, it's all a mental game. It really is. Yeah, it's just a matter of not getting caught up into it. Yeah. And just analyzing them for the value they bring. Like yes. There are people coming from, how do they find me? How can you use them? But don't yeah. let, don't let them overwhelm you. And yeah. 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 I think so far I'm doing quite well because I'm not, because I know that there's the whole thing like comment on other people's videos to open and would then go and follow you and like. You know, kind of with Instagram, there's different games of trying to follow, unfollow, subscribe, unsubscribe, all this kind of thing. Like, I haven't played any of those games. I'm just like, if people want to subscribe, perfect. If they don't, that's fine. But then also, I do have a little party when someone does subscribe. So (laughs) I think I'm doing quite well, but I could also probably do better. Just human. Yeah. And I mean, so I think I got to the point where I wasn't growing for like two years and it was, it was exhausting. It's, it's really, really hard to stay motivated when you're not growing, when you're not seeing any results. So I think I got myself to the point where I was like, okay, I can't be happy for any new subscriber. I can't be happy for anything like that. So then it's like when I hit 50,000 subscribers, when I hit 100,000 subscribers, like all that stuff, it, I almost felt like I couldn't celebrate. So I think like it's a double-edged sword. <laughs> like I would say like, don't put all of your happiness into how many subscribers you have or how many subscribers you're gaining, but also you need to learn when to celebrate and be like, dang, I put in the work and now I'm here. So how does it feel to have almost 250,000 subscribers? (laughs) That's huge. You feel like a celebrity. No, (laughs) my sister has been joking with me from the very beginning. She's like, you're famous, you're famous. And then as soon as I hit 100,000, she was like, now you can't say you're not famous. And I'm like, I'm not famous. Like I don't, I don't feel that at all, but I would say the the one thing I notice is now when I see other people that have big channels, I more so understand that they're just a human being. You know, I had a big thing happen where Alicia Marie followed me on Instagram and I was like, oh my gosh, fangirling. But at the same time, it like made me realize she's not this crazy celebrity. Like she's not this god i guess you could say that like i looked up to her and i was like oh my gosh like this is just someone i watch like she's a real human being and now that i'm at the point of i think i'm at like 
220 some thousand subscribers. I I don't know. It's kind of weird. It like changes your perspective on like anyone can do it. Like I'm still the same person. I'm just a human being sitting here talking with you guys. Like I don't feel like I'm famous in any way and I wouldn't call myself famous, but yeah, it's weird. It's also really, really weird to think about that that many people could possibly watch my YouTube videos or actually clicked a button to say, hey, I want to watch your videos. Like that's, that's a lot of people. And one million is a lot of people that watch that, that video. Yeah. On YouTube channel. One million people. That's huge. That's insane. I, <laughs> what? It's, it's, it's weird. Yeah. Sometimes I like have those realizations where I'm like, holy crap. Because I think because I'm such an analytic person, it's easy to look at your analytics and be like, oh, that's just numbers. But then you're like, mm every one of those numbers is is a person think think about it imagine being in a room and having one million people in front of you and you do like a keynote with one million faces looking at you heck no (laughs) it's weird it's so weird and it's strange because like that's not even something i think about when i create my videos like i don't even think oh all these people are watching (laughs) i just think of like one specific person or I, th- I really, I think back to, okay, when I was trying to get started, when I was trying to grow, what did I need to hear? Or what was like the advice I wish I had? That's like what I think of. So I don't even think that that many people are watching my videos. It's crazy. I think that was one piece of advice that you gave actually was pretend that your camera is your friend, that you mm-hmm. need to want to help them with something. And that actually really helped me because I feel like earlier this year, like I was, well, probably still am now, but trying to be like this presenter person. Yeah. Whereas when I started thinking about like, oh, actually my friend Carlos wants to start doing YouTube or how can I help him? How can I tell him what I know? The little that I know, what can I do to help him? Mm -hmm. Or like photography, what would I want to know five years ago about photography? Yeah. That I could tell myself that I wish I'd known as like a cheat sheet to like, this is the easy way of learning this technique or this is the easy way of learning this. So that really helps me to make it easier to feel like I'm just talking to one person rather than a camera. And also to then however many thousands of people will watch afterwards. So yeah, that was some good advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of your advice is good yeah, advice. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I do, I'm curious because as much, like you're trying to stay detached from the numbers and everything, but mm-hmm. come on, like we, we're all human. <laughs> like when you do a video, you know that it's going to be watched by a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you feel that you are do you feel your content you're creating your content in a different way when you only had i don't know 20 people watching funny enough i i think it's in the opposite way you're thinking so when Mm. i had let's say like 20 subscribers i was more worried about what people thought compared to now and definitely there are times when i have that because we're in cancel culture. So if, if you slip up, if you say something wrong and if someone misunderstands what you're saying, or I mean, there's cases where like if you were just a bad person and did something terrible, I understand. But sometimes what you say can just be misunderstood. So there's times when I'll say something in a video and I'm like, wait, no, I need to re-say that because I don't want people to misunderstand what I'm saying. And it's not bad enough to like cancel me, but it's just something that I know will cause comments or will cause criticism or whatever it is so there's definitely those moments where I'm like wait I have to rephrase I have to refilm and rephrase but I think I was so much more worried when I was first getting started probably because I was afraid of like my family and my friends like those were honestly the people that were probably watching my videos like I wasn't ranking in search I wasn't getting 
people that I wanted to be in my audience watching my videos. And I was much more concerned about their opinion than the people that I don't know. That makes sense. So yeah, I I think it, I, for me, it kind of worked in reverse. I feel like a lot of other people may be like, oh my gosh, there's all these people watching me now. I've got a ton more pressure. And I think in a sense, I definitely do have pressure. Like I feel like all of my videos have to perform well because if my videos don't perform well, then people are going to be like, why am I taking YouTube advice from you? <laughs> so that's like a pressure I put on myself, but yeah. I also, that's, that actually makes me think, I love that you were talking about how to grow on YouTube when you had... I don't know how many thousand subscribers not many well not many compared to now I mean yeah but then people were still watching your videos to learn how to grow on YouTube and it was interesting that you were like leading the way and helping other people kind of before you'd like made made it huge (laughs) yeah does that make sense it's interesting how it kind of worked yeah so I got started YouTube I got started I was talking about well in reality, I was all over the place. I didn't understand niching down. I just thought people were going to subscribe to me because they liked me. And I was creating videos about everything. It was all over the place. Once I niched down, I started talking about blogging, SEO, Pinterest. I was more so focused on digital marketing, which is what my blog was also focused on. And I started to grow because of that. And because like behind the scenes, I was learning YouTube and figuring out, okay, how can I get my blogging videos to grow? How can I get my Pinterest videos to grow? I started to learn the YouTube algorithm. And then I decided, okay, I'm going to take one whole month and I'm going to talk about YouTube and what I've learned because I had other people in my audience that were like, how are you starting to gain subscribers? Like, how are you at now 1000 subscribers? I started to get this question. So I was like, okay, I'm going to take one month. I'm going to create videos about YouTube. And during that time, I kind of realized that all of the big players that were talking about how to grow on YouTube had grown on YouTube like three years ago. So I kind of felt like maybe they didn't understand what it was like to grow on YouTube now. And I also felt like some of the information wasn't, not that it wasn't relevant, but I couldn't connect to it. So I realized, oh my gosh, I'm a small YouTuber growing on YouTube. I can connect to all these other small YouTubers growing on YouTube. And I really use that to my advantage of sharing my experience. So what had actually worked for me, what I had learned from other people and what I had learned about from my experiences as well. And that was really what helped to grow my channel was I was able to connect with small YouTubers because I was also small, but I had valuable information to share. And then once my channel grew and grew and grew and grew and grew. It was more proof that I actually knew what I was talking about. But on the other side of that, I felt like I could no longer create to, or I could no longer connect to small YouTubers. So I kind of had an identity crisis where I was like, now what the heck am I going to do? Like, I can't, I can't keep creating videos talking about starting from zero because I don't know what it's like to start from zero. Yeah, like how to get your first thousand subscribers now that you've got 227 or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, and I think that's why my one video talking about zero to 1,000 subscribers, I created that once I hit 1,000 subscribers. I think it's done so well because it was at that point. If I created that exact same video now, people would be like, what the heck are you doing? Like, it's it's not the same. Yeah. So I don't know. I had like a big identity crisis with my channel where I'm like, what the heck am I going to talk about? So I'm trying to talk more about like the business of YouTube and continuing to scale it and other things that aren't talked about. And I've gotten a couple of people saying, I want your old videos back talking about like growing from zero or growing from the bottom and all that stuff. But it's like, I understand that's no longer like that's no longer where I'm at. And I can't speak yeah. on something that I'm not at. Yeah. Um. And do you ever regret or not regret 
um because i know you talk about niching down mm-hmm. but you also said that because you niche down so far oh, with the yeah. youtube thing you felt like you couldn't talk about anything mm-hmm. else because you're the youtube <laughs> advice girl whatever <laughs> do you ever regret doing that and wish you'd kind of carried on talking about whatever or are you but then also i guess niching down made the made it possible for you to grow so much so it's kind of a weird balance it's 100% a weird balance yeah I wouldn't say I regret it because so here's the hard thing I'm teaching people about growing on YouTube so I need to be growing on YouTube too if I'm not it's not really valid like I have to be my own case study type of thing Mm -hmm. so it was good for me it was good for my channel but at the same time I really limited myself And I got myself to a point where I felt like I just, I got stuck and I felt like I wasn't using my creativity. I felt like I wasn't living up to my fullest potential because I was just only talking about YouTube. And that's why I ended up coming out with my series more so talking about, uh, like becoming a YouTuber, but it's talking about my journey and how I got started and all that stuff because I felt like I lost my purpose in what I was doing. I was just creating videos about YouTube to help people with YouTube because that's what I thought I had to do. And then I was like, wait a second. Like my whole purpose of this was to help other people create a life they love doing what they love. And if if they hate their full-time job and they want to become a YouTuber, like I want to help them do that. So how can I do that? So yeah, I had to pull back a little bit and still my channel is very much so it's still talking about YouTube. It's not so much like YouTube tips. Well, it's still YouTube tips, but it's not like YouTube tips for beginners. Uh, But yeah, I... I, di- I limited myself by niching down too hard. But I think on the other side of that, if I didn't niche down that hard, then I wouldn't have seen the growth that I saw within my channel. And is that why you created the other one then? So you've got a bit more freedom. And, yeah. yeah. I was going to ask, why didn't you put the vlogs on your Catherine Manning channel? Because would that not have... I don't know. What was the thought process of separating them completely? Yeah, so I did. I tried for three months. I uploaded them on my channel and my Tuesday videos were YouTube related. My Friday videos were more so vlogs and they started out as, okay, this is just going to be my daily life, whatever. And then I realized though they, they were doing okay, but they weren't doing great. So I was like, okay, what if I make vlogs that are still related to YouTube in a sense? Yeah. And those did pretty well for me, but it got to the point where I still felt like I just... I was so limited. And I think I, I, I did that to myself because I niched down so hard. Uh, I just felt like I was so limited and I wasn't having fun with it anymore. So, I, yeah, I wanted to separate it. And now... Just have like your workspace and your fun space, y- I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So now with the vlog channel, it, not all of my audience has converted over. So my YouTube channel has 220,000 subscribers and then my vlog channel has only 4,000 subscribers. So obviously it's not the same audience there. And that's kind of what it's taught me is, okay, a lot of people are subscribed to my channel because they want these tips and because they want these kinds of videos compared to vlog videos. So I'm trying to move a little bit away from just YouTube tips on that channel and say, okay, I can still create this style videos, but in other topics. So that's kind of the direction I'm going and hopefully that works. But separating my vlog channel, it allowed me to actually better connect with the audience that wanted that content. And it, I don't know, it also gave me like the freedom to just create, to create and not worry about views because I was really worried on my other channel. Like you got your feast and you got your playground. Mm-hmm. You can just... <laughs> yeah. And the other thing is, so I'm hoping my vlog channel can grow, but with a channel like that, there's a lot more opportunity for income. 
in terms of sponsorships and stuff. So I am very, very selective with the sponsorships that I do on my channel. I want to make sure that I'm partnering with brands that my audience is going to like. So it's like, okay, I love Levi jeans. Very random. But if I did an ad or a sponsorship on my channel that was Levi jeans, people would be like, what? It wouldn't make any sense. What the heck are you doing here? Like, yeah. right? Compared to this is a product I love and use. I've been using Levi jeans forever. If I did it on my vlog channel, it would more so make sense. So it's opening myself up to more potential, in my opinion, in terms of the earning value of it. Uh, but it's also, I mean, it's just something I can do for fun. It's something that can grow and evolve with me and... Yeah, I don't know. I like it's also it. Gonna be, it's also going to be interesting for you as an analytic person to compare. I know you're thinking, I don't know if you have done the video yet, or you're going to compare both channels, like the vlog channel mm -hmm. compared to the main channel and like in terms of growth and in terms of monetization, how quickly you got monetized. Obviously you had the previous audience anyway, but it'd be interesting to compare them both and see how they evolve together, but also separately. Yeah. So. And the other cool thing is, so... Obviously, I'm a YouTube channel growing, talking about YouTube tips. So I get a lot of comments from people saying, okay, you're only growing because you're talking about YouTube tips or you're only ranking in search or getting traffic from search because you're creating how-to videos. So when someone's looking up how to edit a YouTube video, one of my videos may pop up. What happens if I have a vlog channel? What happens if I have a gaming channel? What happens if I have a makeup channel? So one of the benefits to actually having a vlog channel is I more so now get to understand that side of things. Because yes, I grew on YouTube, not talking about YouTube. And then I grew even more on YouTube because I was talking about YouTube. But I more so wanted to understand, okay, how, like how the heck can you grow a vlog channel? Mm. Because th there is a difference there. Yeah. yeah. It's a good guinea pig for you. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a good cobay because you can test your strategies and you can adjust your youtube content based on the experiment you're running on yours mm -hmm. so it's actually ah, yeah whatever, yeah interesting yeah how i mean yeah i agree with you. youtube is not gonna get away tomorrow probably <laughs> that's fine it's gonna be there for a while uh fingers crossed <laughs> but, but is that something you see yourself doing for a long time do you have other ambition and plan in mind that you would like to pursue later like what's your plan yeah so it's crazy. When I first got started, I was 22, 23. Yeah, yeah. Um, and at that time, I was like, I'm too young. Like, no one's going to take me seriously because I'm too young. And now I'm at the point where I'm 26. And I'm like, I've had my whole life ahead I'm of still me. Still too young. <laughs> still too young. <laughs> but I'm like, I, there's, there's so much I can do. Like, I don't need to have it figured out right now. But the goal, which has always kind of been my goal, is... YouTube is a platform. Like, we don't know when YouTube's going away. Uh, so, one, it's great that I'm building this audience and I can convert that into other things. So, it's like if I wanted to move so more into, like, the speaking space, I don't really want to. I thought I did at one point in time. Or even, like, hosting events or something. I have an audience to sell that to. But... Again, with like <laughs> coronavirus and everything else going on, like it, nothing is guaranteed and my income right now isn't guaranteed. So what I'm ultimately going to move into is more so real estate. So I want to have like rental properties and do stuff like that, as well as still have my YouTube channel as long as YouTube will have me and everything else. So we'll see what happens. I've got like smaller little steps to get there. But yeah, it's investing in real estate and having other income sources outside of YouTube and outside of the digital marketing world, I think is very, very smart.
as well as just saving money, like being smart with your money. I love as well that you talk about that. I think it was in your vlog channel you were talking about you want to be a millionaire and people just don't say that these days. Yeah. <laughs> like it's so good to hear a young woman being like, I want to be a millionaire. I want to have a successful business. I want to yeah. do these things. It's like, yes, I need to hear that because it's often it's the man, like, you know, men's world. And it's people, like we said before, don't talk about money. So it's interesting that you do that. And it's. Yeah. Well, I think, awesome. I think it's daunting. So when I say. I, I mean, I don't say it that much. I think I mentioned it in one YouTube video and I was like, oh my God, never again. Because I think when people are like, oh, you want to be a millionaire, you're greedy. That's not the point uh, of it to me. Yeah. I I see it more so as the impact I can make, the business I can build, I can employ other people, I can have an impact on millions of lives with what I'm doing. Like I see it more so as an impact standard, not, oh, here's the quality of life I can live, which Yes, that's part of it. So I grew up, I don't think I've ever shared this before. I grew up raised by my mother and there were three of us. She worked three jobs to keep food on the table, basically. And like she tried to make sure that we didn't worry about money, but I saw her bank account. Like I would go in the ATM with her and like there was that stress. There was like I knew we were not well off and one of the reasons that I want to be a millionaire is, yeah, like I want to buy for my kids where my kids don't have to worry about money, but it's not, it's not all about that. Like it's not a huge house. It's not like, like that's not why I want to work towards that goal. It's more so the impact I can make, the jobs I can create. And we've talked yeah. to one of our friends recently about this and he was saying that he wants to start charging more so that he has more free time to be able to help with like outreach and charities and, mm-hmm. you know, help people with his spare time because he's earning more from his day job. So I guess that's another thing is that when you earn more, you then have more time to do help other people that isn't about money and about, you know, you just have the freedom to do what you want. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So I have an uncle who has, he's a very, very successful entrepreneur, but watching him do what he does in terms of giving back, whether that is like scholarships for kids that could never afford college or, I mean, he doesn't really donate to like building buildings or anything. He's mainly focused on like the next generation and actually helping people in that sense. And it's like the impact that you can truly have. There's this quote that says, plant seeds for trees you never plan to sit under. So it's like, I want to have an impact today that I know is going to affect future generations. So I don't know. I think sometimes, <laughs> this is like coming full circle, people that start a YouTube channel, they just do it as a hobby or some people start a YouTube channel because they want to become a millionaire. But I think sometimes they don't think about the bigger picture and yeah. what it can truly become. So, yeah. It's, it's amazing. You're really mature for your age. Uh, thank you. <laughs> like 22 years old. Mm, yeah, I was partying pretty hard. <laughs> For the, I was I was just drunk for like, four years. Doing, <laughs> building a business, <laughs> man. Like, I wasn't thinking about being millionaire, people's lives, and I, I was mean, I was in a club somewhere on the floor. Like, <laughs> yeah. is, oh my gosh! Yeah, it's quite inspiring to see that, and we keep talking to friends in the twenties that are like entrepreneur, or whatever. It's like God, I wish I was like that ten we're years ago. We're both thirty-two, by the way. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, yeah, we're not that old. It's fine. But, <laughs> Yeah, but people think we're younger than we are. Yeah. 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 It's interesting to see that, like, 10 years ago, I was not there at all. (laughs) It's so inspiring. Um, 
but it's amazing. I, I love that you have ambition and that you're claiming it as well. Because I feel, I don't know, maybe that's more like a French thing. And in the US, it might be a little bit different. But <clears throat> I know that in France, we don't like su- successful people. Yeah. Because usually it's, um, look at this guy like bragging about how much money he's got. This arrogant prick, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, when you can all also look it in a way like, whoa. That is so cool. He made it there by working so yeah. hard. Like, I want to be the same. I want to do the same. Uh, but criticizing is easier than putting the work. So <laughs> Yeah. And I, I do think that is part of it. But I don't know. It's tough. It's really tough. And especially on the YouTube space, a lot of people expect you to get started as a hobby because you love it. And then once you become successful, they're like, oh, good for you. But... I don't know. I, I think there's this hard differentiation of like, I believed in myself and I knew that I could be successful, but it wasn't like an arrogance thing. Like it wasn't, I don't know. It wasn't me like, no, I don't, I don't know. Like the just, right you words. You just believe in yourself. That's yeah. All. It's fine. There's no, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. 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 But I think, I don't know. I think it can be so easily misunderstood. And oh, even yeah. the first time I said, okay, I want to be a millionaire. I was like, I'm never going to say that again. I'm going to keep that dream to myself because I was afraid of it being misunderstood. Like, I don't want people to think I'm on this high horse over here. I'm not. I just have big dreams and big goals and yeah. crazy ambition. Like, <laughs> Why not though? I mean, aim high. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is the thing, right? If if you don't believe in yourself, no one is gonna believe in you anyway. So one thousand percent. Well. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. Like, yeah. What's the point, otherwise? <laughs> um, do you have any other question? I think I've asked you everything. Yeah. <laughs> I've calmed down now. By the way, I was freaking out at the beginning. I feel like we're best friends now. So I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> it only took it only took me an hour and twenty minutes, but I'm fine now. Yeah. No, I think I've asked everything. Yeah. I just have a little fun fact. I was going through your Instagram before we started. Yeah. And um, I saw your post about that you were supposed to get married a few months ago. Yeah. In May. Uh, and it got cancelled, well, postponed mm-hmm. because of COVID. Uh, you were supposed to get married on the 23rd of May, right? Yeah. If I read it. Yeah. That's when we got married. Really? <laughs> Five yeah. years ago. Oh, my yeah. gosh. That's awesome. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> your coincidence there. That's hilarious. Well, <laughs> sadly, we don't when share an anniversary now. <laughs> yeah. When are you getting married then? Have you got a date? Yeah, July of next year. So. Mm. Okay, good. Yeah. Right. Finger Fingers crossed. Everything is back yeah. to normal by then. And <laughs> this year has been one heck of a year. Yeah. Oh my God. 2020 is just, yeah, it's been crazy. Yeah. Have you seen an impact actually from the coronavirus on your, on your business? So compared to other people... I I don't talk about it much just because I know so many people have been affected by it. And it's it's insane just to know how many people have lost their jobs or how many people are now adjusting to working from home and no longer have childcare and all that stuff. But for my business, uh, it's sad to say, but like it's actually been kind of good for me because a lot of people are home. They're watching YouTube videos. And my one video that just hit a million views is talking about starting a YouTube channel. So a lot of people during this time want to start a YouTube channel. So it's like this is one of those things that's like how do you word it it's, it's been yeah, yeah, good no, for no, my brand and my business but it's been terrible for so many other people so yeah 
Oh yeah, no, but it's yeah. That's what that's why I thought. I imagine everyone is watching stuff right now. Yeah, so I could imagine that. Yeah, one thousand percent. More view. There yeah. were uh, so the first few months, obviously, a lot of advertisers pulled out of their ads and stopped uh, yeah. paying for ads, which means creators don't make as much money. So a lot of creators I know were affected in that way. But the ads serve to people all relate to typically the video that they're watching. So a lot of people are watching my videos because they want to make money or they want to grow online. So people are still pushing ads towards those things because people needed it. Uh, but I know that there are a lot of influencers that struggled with their even ads revenue because of advertisers right. pulling out. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And just one last question. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> more personal. Um your fiance, future husband, uh, is it into this YouTube realm or anything at all, or he's just got like another job and he's doing something else different? Yeah, so he is more so in the finance world, finance side of things. So yeah, he's not into YouTube at all. We actually, the vlog channel is a joint channel, so it's both of ours that which I edit all the videos, and now that he's <laughs> back to work. Uh, it's basically just vlogs of me because he's not home or around as often. But yeah, he has nothing to do with YouTube. Like his career is totally and, opposite. All right. And you do everything yourself then? For the well, He was wanting to edit, wasn't he? At one point he was wanting to edit the videos, but then I guess he didn't get back to work again? Or? Yeah, yeah. So he went back to work, but he's also in his master's program right now. So he's going through school. He's got a full-time job. It's a, yeah. it's a lot of freaking work. <laughs> <enough>. So yeah, <laughs> I'm fine with editing the videos. Um, what was the question? No, I forget. If you do everything yourself. Or if you have oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have that. a management team who helps me with brand deals. They do all communications with brands, sponsorships, all of that stuff, negotiation, everything. Um, so they help me with that. And then Alex, my fiance, he actually helps me with the finances. So I'm really the creative visionary in the okay. relationship. And he is more so the, I would say, like down to earth finance guy. So he definitely helps me with my finances, my taxes, all that stuff. So... Yeah, he helps me with some things, but basically it's just, it's me full time over here. Yeah, the creation is. Yes, in, yeah. And then the whole, like, like Rosie said, all the boring stuff is other people. And you're <laughs> that's, what, yeah. that's what she says every time. Like, I do the thing. I do the fun things. Do Jeremy does all the like invoices <laughs> and finances. Um, do you think Alex would ever quit all the finance thing and do f YouTube full time if your vlog channel grew and things? And would he ever want his own channel? Or is that not at all what he's interested in yeah so youtube is my passion you know yeah. uh youtube was never his passion it was never what he wanted to do so he wanted to do the vlog channel because he thought it would be fun but no he, he'll never do youtube full-time he's got his own big dreams and stuff he wants to achieve so it's cool that we get to like share that stuff on our vlog channel but yeah it's just me <laughs> why'd you ask that that's a good question. I've actually gotten that before. That's a good question. <laughs> no, it's she's always like, do you want to come? Should we do a video together? Oh my gosh. I, I would love for him to be in my videos, but he doesn't want to. <laughs> I don't want to. I hate. I don't want to be that. I don't want to do that. I have been I trying. Like personally, so. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to recruit Alex for so long. I'm like, just be like my part-time employee. Like, I will pay you. I just need this stuff done because even finance stuff or more so just 
stuff I don't want to deal with. I want to be the creator within my business. I want to spend all my time creating content, like even doing customer service emails. They're so important. I care about my customer service a lot. So those emails, every time they pop up, I try to respond within a day, but it's like, I would love to have someone that I trusted be able to handle that. So I've been trying to recruit him to come part-time. Like, I can pay you, <laughs> but not yet. But you still won't do it. No, <laughs> not yet. Well, you know, you're, you're both tracing your dreams and that's fine. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> as long as you're both happy, that's fine. Yep, that's the main, yeah. main thing. Oh, thank you so much. That was super interesting. Yeah. I'm not at all into the YouTube thing. <laughs> I don't watch much YouTube. Um I know there is a lot of amazing content there, but I've never got into it. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, I don't watch much video, to be honest, anyway. I'm not a video person. I'm more like a reading thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I read way more than I watch. Um, it's but it's been nice tr- to deep dive into No, yeah, it's been interesting to see, like, the behind <laughs> the scene and to learn about the the what you don't usually see. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah thank cool. you for really being really open and, and sharing all that with us. Thank you. Yeah, of course. It. <laughs> it was nice talking to you guys. It was nice talking to you. Thank you so much for being on our episode. So we really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you do, make sure you share it with somebody else and make sure you follow Catherine on YouTube and Instagram. We'll link everything in the show notes so you can go and do that. Um, And we'll be back next Wednesday with a new episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you next week. Thank you.